Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, why don't you find the Gospel of John 14. And I, in this month of, of, uh, month of December, I'm going to be teaching on, I don't know if I'll do the whole month, but, but maybe I'll, 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 I'll quite a bit of it. I'm going to be teaching on end time events. And, uh, you know, this will be our second teaching on this. Last week we talked about uh, at any moment, how the Lord could come back at any moment. Today I want to talk about the rapture. Um, thank you for excitement. You know, and just uh, because there's a lot of different thoughts about it, and we're just going to take a look at it. And then, then next week, uh, the less the Lord change, I want to talk about the tribulation, and that doesn't sound like a very exciting thing to talk about, but the way we're going to talk about it, you're going to get excited, Amen. because I'm going to show you some things. But let's look here in John 14 and verse 1, where the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus told his disciples, you believe in God? You, you know, they're, they're Jewish. He says, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. How many believe if he's preparing a place, it's going to be good? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you uh, may be also. Now, we've used this verse, uh, us ministers, at funerals to talk about how, you know, the Lord comes and gets people when they die. And uh, I believe the angels do. But that's, and then this is, this could be applied there, but that's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about the rapture of the church. That I'm going, I'm preparing a place, I'm going to come and I'm again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Verse 4, and, and whither I go, where I'm going, you, you know, and the way you know. Now, the, Thomas didn't know they knew, but it had been made apparent, amen. Jesus said, let him know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Nobody's going in the rapture and be with the Father except through Jesus. Amen? That's the qualification for making the rapture. Now, we're going to talk about some things this morning because... There's a lot of different views about the rapture. There are those who don't believe there's going to be a rapture. That one I've never understood because it's clearly portrayed in the Bible. Then there are those that believe that, you know, like I do, that we're going pre-trib. There are, there are those that believe we're going mid-trib. And there are those that believe we're going post-trib. When the tribulation is over, the Lord will catch us up, we'll meet Him, and then we'll come back to the earth. That one has me dizzy. Okay, that was a joke. Moving right along, praise God. Up and down, you know what I'm saying. I, I, don't, I don't see, I, I see the, and I'm going to show you, especially next week, you'll see from the Bible that uh, we're not going to be here for the tribulation. Now, now, we used to make fun of people. I don't know if you said make fun is probably the right word. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But we used to say, those that don't believe in the pre-trib rapture, we'll keep your lunch warm. We'll keep your food warm while we're up there at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But honestly, I don't believe you have to believe the timing just right to go. I believe you've got to have faith in Jesus Christ. Right? You know, because that's like saying, if, if it happens to me mid-trib and we're pre-trib, then that means we wouldn't go because we didn't believe in the timing right. But the timings, the timing, listen, that's not the issue. The issue is Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's just that when we go pre-trib and all those mid-tribs and Post-trib, you're just going to have a dumb look on your faith. And like, we'll just say, I told you so. And y'all be glad. Praise God. Amen. But let's talk about this because, you know, we, we use the word rapture. And people say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, it's not. It's a, it's a Latin word. And, uh, but we use it. And, and what do we mean by rapture? When we talk about the rapture, we're talking about the Lord coming back for the church before the tribulation period begins to rapture us out, to take us out. Um, it's actually being taken from uh, the, the earth, you know, taken, taken from the earth into the presence of God apart from death. 
But, but somewhere or another, I, I don't know the history behind this, but somewhere or another, the church got started using the word rapture. Uh, the Bible actually uses the phrase uh, caught up, yeah. caught up. So that's the Bible word. Uh, but it, 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 is the same, it is the same thing. But, there, but when you look at the word rapture, all right, when you look at the definition of the word rapture, you'll know why it's a good word to use. Uh, the word rapture means the state of being transported. Well, that's what's going to happen, right? Uh, it means, listen to this, a static joy. Yeah. Let me think we're going to have some of that. It means ecstasy. It means the act of transferring a person from one place to another. Well, that's, what, that's what's going to happen at the catching up. An act or expression of excessive delight. It means a snatching away. It means a violent seizure. What does that mean? Well, do you realize that's what it's going to be like when the rapture takes place? It's just going to be boom. The moment, Bible says in the moment, a twinkling of an eye will be changed. It'll just be boom, and we're gone. And it's just like the Christians are gone. Now, the reason I believe the church should still talk about the rapture is because I'll tell you one thing it does. It, it stirs unbelievers to get saved. And it should stir the church to live holy, knowing that he is going to come back at any time. Hallelujah. How many know you don't, you don't want to be doing things that you don't want to be doing <laughs> when he comes, right? When you realize, there's something about when you realize he could come any moment, it affects your lifestyle, the way you live, the way you act. And, and actually, when you look through the epistles, the letters to the church, the apostles, when the, a lot of them are written by the apostle Paul, when it talks about the Lord's coming, it always connects holiness with it. You know, we ought to, what live pure because he's coming back. Amen. So, so listen, <clears throat> did you know, you may, you may know this, this may not be new information, but for some people it will be, that there's already, there, there's five raptures mentioned in the Bible. Five of them. How many know Enoch was raptured? He was taken, he was taken from the earth into the presence of God apart from physical death, wasn't he? Sure. Enoch was raptured. Actually, Enoch had revelation of the end times because he said, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. He was the seventh from Adam, and he's already prophesying about the coming of Jesus. He had, he had special revelation. I could go deeper into that, about how that connects with Methuselah and all that, but I'm not going to do that today. But this, I just believe when Methuselah was born, uh, you know, that, that some way or another, it says after Methuselah was born, Enoch walked with God. He got some kind of divine revelation from God. And you know, Methuselah died. How many know, how, how many know who the oldest person in the Bible is? I just gave you the answer. You ought to get this one right. Methuselah. He lived 969 years, right? He's the oldest one we know of that lived. Uh, so 969 years. The, the day he died, the flood came, which talks about the long-suffering of God. Why hadn't the Lord come yet? The Bible says because he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. So he's just... You know, he's wanting people to get born again before he comes back. So Enoch, he, he got raptured. How many know Elijah got raptured? Didn't he? How many know Jesus got raptured? Remember, he, he was there with his disciples, and they saw him taken up in a cloud. And the angel said, the same Jesus will come back. And in like manner, you've seen him to go, seen, seen him go. Well, how many know, listen, if the head went up with a glorified body, does anybody know where I'm going? How many know the body is bound to follow, right? The book of Colossians in 1.18 says that he is the head of the church, the body, uh, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. That word preeminence meant that he might be first. He went up with his glorified body, right? See, Enoch didn't go up with a glorified body. He was raptured, but he didn't go up with a glorified body. Elijah didn't go up with a glorified body. But Christ went up with a glorified body. He's the head of the church, so the church is going to go up with a glorified body. Hallelujah. We're going to, Paul said it like this, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, this corruptible, shall put, this, this corruptible shall put on incorruptible. This mortal shall put on immortality. 
We're going to, if the head, whatever the head has, the body is bound to follow. So Christ was raptured. We know that we're going to talk about this today. The church will be raptured. That's number four. Number five, <coughs> I love this story. Um, in Revelation chapter 11, number five, the two witnesses are raptured. You know, there's two guys that God's going to appoint in the, in the, in the tribulation period to go preaching the gospel. And they are going to do such a good job that they, the Bible says the whole earth is tormented by them. Amen? Now, we used to have a guy, he's in heaven now, come to church here. He was a tormentor. Anybody know who I mean? We won't say it on live stream. But I loved him. I said, every place he goes, he's either going to start a riot or a revival. But it is not going to stay the same. And I said one time, if I was in the hospital, I'd want to hear those little feet walking down the hall towards me. Because something about to happen. I'm either going to get healed or he's going to get thrown out. <laughs> and I preached his funeral, and I used that scripture in Acts where it talks about Paul being a godly pest. And I didn't mean it disrespectful. And his family afterwards came up to me and said, that, is, that was just perfect. That's exactly what he was. <laughs> you know, you either, you either got healed, delivered, or you got tormented, but he wasn't going to stay the same. That's the way these two witnesses are. And the Bible says that when they die, they won't bury them, but they'll leave their bodies three and a half days in the streets, and they'll give gifts to one another and rejoice. The whole world will rejoice because these that tormented the earth are gone. But it says after three and a half days, the spirit of life from God will enter into them, and they'll stand up on their feet, yeah. praise God, and they'll ascend into heaven. Hallelujah. While CNN's filming it and all the other networks are filming it, bam, all of a sudden. Because it says every eye will see them laying in the streets. They're going to, I mean, all the news media is going to cover this. These guys are gone. One, when they get up, that's going to shock some people. That's a rapture, isn't it? So have you know, the rapture is in the Bible because people have already been raptured. The head of the church was raptured. Surely the body is going to follow. Amen? Look with me. And uh, let's go to Revelation chapter 4. I want to read this verse. Some of the material I'll be sharing with you today, you may not be new to you. Some of it will be, perhaps. But uh, the rapture is firmly grounded in the Scriptures. Firmly. Like I said, we, we may have different opinions about when it's going to happen, but the fact that it's going to happen is firmly supported by the Bible. And when I get done next week, I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be anybody in this church that doubts the timing of it. Because I'm going to prove to you when talking about the tribulation about why the church won't be there. Amen. You ought to be happy about that. I'll tell you that right now. <clears throat> Now, I, wanna, I, want to, uh, I want to look at one verse, Revelation chapter 4. John said, After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as if it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up here, listen now, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Hereafter. Everybody say hereafter. Well, hereafter what? Well, hereafter the things I just talked about. In chapters 1, 2, and 3 of the book of Revelation, Jesus talks about the church. He gives instructions about the church. And then in chapter 4, verse 1, He says, Come up here. Isn't that what's going to happen at the rapture? Come up here. There's going to be a trumpet. Come up here, and I'm going to show you things which, which will be hereafter. Be after what? After the church age. Now, here's an interesting thing. You can count this if you want to. If you look chapters 1 through 3 of the book of Revelation, the church is mentioned, um, let me think, 19 times. 19 times the church is mentioned. From 4 to 22, it's not mentioned any times. Now, I would think that if the church was here during the tribulation, it'd be talked about. The first three chapters are full of the church, the church, the church. 
Then he says, I want to show you things that are going to be hereafter. Hereafter, no mention of the church. Why? Because the church isn't here any longer. It's in heaven. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, Jesus even says something about that. that we're, just, we're, we're heading towards the main passages I want to talk about out of Thessalonians. But I want you to go to Luke chapter 21 because Jesus talked about this very thing in Luke 21. And this is teaching this morning. I hope you receive it that way. All right, Luke 21. Go there. Luke chapter 21. In verse 34, G, before we read it, let me just uh, say this, so we'll lead into it. When you uh, read chapter 21, Jesus is talking about things that are going to happen in the end time. Um, he talks about in verse 25, he said there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. How many of we're starting to see those signs right now, aren't we? Yeah. The beginning of that, things, weird things happening in the heavens, right? And, uh, you know, uh, people are wondering, is there, is there life on, an, uh, on another planet? You know, is there life out there? Of course there is. Haven't you ever watched Star Trek? No, honestly, there's life out there because God's out there. Heaven's out there. Amen. But as far as there being actual physical life on another planet, I personally don't believe it. I don't know, you know, but I don't believe it. I, 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 believe, what, I believe there's signs taking place. Amen. And uh, I don't, I, you know, people have said, well, I saw this and I saw that. Well, how many know uh, demons can make themselves visible? Absolutely. And uh, Jesus said there would be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. Whatever all that means, I'm not sure of. But we do know that we're starting to see stuff already. We're starting to see some weird stuff happening. And, uh, you know, different things. And he said, upon the earth there'll be distress of nations. That means anguish with perplexity. The seas, the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear for looking after those things which are uh, coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. So Jesus said, when you start begin seeing these things, know this, that it's close. Right? So, so he's talking about the different things that are going to happen during the tribulation period. There's other things he talks about in, in 21. I don't have time to teach on that. But with that in mind, look at verse 34. And he said to them, take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. The King James uses the word surfeiting, <clears throat> not surfing, surfeiting. God's not against you surfing. How many of y'all got a surfboard? Nobody has a surfboard? Why not? <laughs> no place to surf. It's like a friend of mine in, the, in church, he had a guy that was, I think he was from California. Uh, and he, uh, he got saved in his church, and my friend's in Indiana. And, you know, he's like, I, I, he, he said, I guess, I, you know, he would talk surfer, dude. You know, he, he talked that way till, you know, God changed him a little bit. But, you know, he's like, well, I guess I got to get rid of my stick. I can't use it here, you know. And he said, he said he was in my office one day, and he said, Boy, I really like the karma in your office. He says, well, we call it anointing, but that's okay. All right? <laughs> Amen. But it's the word surfeiting. What does it mean? It means excess. How many of you know everything in America is in excess now? Yeah. Nothing is in balance. It's all excess. He says, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, so that they come upon you unawares, for as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell upon the face of the whole earth. Now listen to what he tells his disciples. And this is for all of his disciples, right? How many of the words for all of us, right? Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So Jesus said to his disciples, after talking about all these things that are going to come on the earth, he said you can escape them. And you can stand before the Son of Man. That's the rapture, isn't it? Sure it is. The word escape means to flee out of, to get clean away. So you and I, according to Jesus, can escape all the things that are going to come on this earth in these end times. 
Amen. And I'm going to explain to you next week why we're going to escape these things that Jesus is talking about. There's a real reason for it. And I think it's, it's important when you understand the reason why we're going to escape these things, you know there's no way the church could be here to go through what's getting ready to happen. Because there's a really good reason. Actually, a couple of really good reasons. Now, all right. Now, I want us to spend our time today, I want us to, looking at, to look at the scriptures, that, the classic scriptures on the rapture. I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm sure you've been here before. Sometimes I've read this at funerals before and used this because of the comfort that it brings. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, <clears throat> well, glory to God. Thank God he, for the rapture. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look with me at verse 13. Paul said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. How many of the Lord doesn't want us ignorant? Amen. That guy that's hitting on you girls, just tell him, I would not have you ignorant, brother. Amen. Ignorant, man. Listen, how many know ignorant just means you're uninformed, right? I would not have you ignorant, brother, concerning that which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So in other words, the, the, the church, one of the things you're, when you read the book of Thessalonians, the first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians, one thing you're going to find out about this group of believers is they had a real interest in the, the end time things about the, end, the coming of the Lord. They had a real interest in it. They really wanted to know about it. And Paul had taught them some things, but other people had injected things in and confused them. And so, you know, they're thinking, all right, the Lord's come back. And our loved ones have died. They, they, the, when the, word, the Bible uses the word asleep. Now let me explain that to you a little bit about what that word means, asleep. The, you know, we, we would say dead, but literally the Bible uses the word asleep. It doesn't mean that their whole being's asleep. It means their body's asleep. And, and they're, not, they're not asleep to God. They're alive to God. But they're asleep to us. I mean, when your loved ones get put in the grave... They're asleep to you. There's no conversing with them any longer. Right? But there's a day when they're going to awaken. Now that doesn't mean, like some people have taught, that when we die, you know, our soul sleeps. We don't know anything until the resurrection. No, the moment you die, you go to be with the Lord. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, we used to, in old Pentecost, you used to teach about soul sleep. Some of you never heard of that. I probably shouldn't have introduced it. But they used to talk about soul sleep. <clears throat> and we would prove them wrong by the Scriptures. There's a lot of Scriptures prove that's wrong. They say, well, when you die, you're just dead. You don't know anything until the resurrection. No, you go be with the Lord. Right. Amen? Right. When Samuel died, man, he, he wasn't soul sleeping. The rich man... He wasn't soul sleeping. Luke chapter 16, he was in hell. Lazarus wasn't soul sleeping. Right? The poor man there, you know, the rich man and Lazarus, the poor, I'm talking about Lazarus, the poor man. He wasn't soul sleeping. He was in Abraham's bosom. When the Bible uses the word asleep, it means they're asleep to us. They're not asleep to God. They're alive to God. They're more alive than they've ever been. But to us, they're asleep. But God doesn't use the word dead because they're not staying that way. Their body's just asleep. It's, God's going to come get it up. Right. At the rapture of the church, all the righteous are going to arise. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Yeah. Now, so if you, were, if you were to pass from this life today, you'd be in heaven. You'd be with the Lord. Your body'd be asleep to us. No profit, no use. We've got to bury it. But God's going to wake it up. Hallelujah. He says... Uh, I don't want you to be ignorant. See, they were sorrowing like no hope. Like, well, they died before the Lord came back. So their thinking was, because of some of the false teaching they had received, that, you know, because they weren't here, that they're just lost for good, no hope. And he said, no, 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 don't sorrow with others that have no hope. We got hope. We're going to get reunited with these people. Hallelujah. Now, let's... You know, a lot of these cardinal doctrines like this, they're not taught in the church, and the church is totally ignorant of this stuff. 
when the Bible says we need to know uh, the, you know, the fundamental doctrines of Christ, like faith toward God, the resurrection from the dead, baptisms, amen, laying on of hands. And a lot of those things that the Bible says are fundamental doctrines that you have to get before God will give you a permit to go any further, the church doesn't even know them today. It's, 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 really, it's really shocking how ignorant a lot of churches are today about the fundamental doctrines of Christ. And God said, you can't go on without more knowledge here. You've got to have revelation. See, uh, let me know when you, uh, when you build a building, you lay the foundation, what, what happens next? They come and they expect it, see. Give you permit to go on, build the buildings. Make sure the foundation's good enough for the building. It's, 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 you know, and then you get a permit to go on. That's just the way God is. If, if the church doesn't get the fundamentals down, right, it doesn't get a permit to go on to mature things. And, and, and the church doesn't even believe in the... Listen, when the Bible talks about Hebrews, it talks about the doctrine of baptisms, plural. We're baptized in the body of Christ. We're baptized in the water. And we can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It talks about laying on the hands. How many know most of the church doesn't know anything about laying on the hands? Just maybe some kind of formal thing. Doesn't mean anything, no power. How I many of God wants us to know the meat of the thing? And they don't know anything about resurrection of the dead or eternal judgment. It's not being taught any longer. That makes for a weak church. Well, it's not the exciting message. Let me tell you something. Anything in the Bible to me is exciting. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, people say, well, you know, it's just more exciting to talk about this or talk about that. Well, it may draw more people and it may. But who wants a bunch of babies? I mean, babies are cute, right? I was thinking, I was looking out the window, I don't know why this thought came to me, and I was thinking about our grandchildren. I thought, boy, you know, I know, I wish they could have stayed little all their lives. That was really a lot of fun. But I'm, I'm sure their parents weren't thinking that. I know a man in this church, when his kids moved out, he shouted. He said, glory be to God. He didn't have anti nepsis syndrome. He, I mean, he was glad the nest was cleaned out. Praise God. And I won't mention his name. Hallelujah. So we don't want a bunch of babies spiritually, right? We want them to grow up. Amen. He says, verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, he's telling them, see, they're concerned about their loved ones, that that's it, they're done. They, they, they weren't alive when the Lord came. And so they're not going to, they're just going to stay dead. He said, no, that's not it at all. For, verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus, remember they're asleep to, to us, not to God, will God bring with him? He's going to bring these people with him. That must mean they must be with him. They're not in the grave. He's bringing them with him. When he comes, what's, what's he bringing? Because they're going to get their glorified body in the air, and we're going to get ours on the way up. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. He says, uh, even, he, he, for verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Hey, who's this by? The word of the Lord. That we which are alive and remain. See, Paul thought he might be alive. He said we, included himself. We which are alive and remain. Uh, we which are alive, let me find my place. We which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. In other words, they're going to get their glorified bodies first. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Hallelujah. He must be Pentecost. With the voice of the archangel. I mean, that's Michael. And the, and the trump of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. See, the trump of God, Paul, God, or excuse me, Moses was told to make trumpets and they were to make trumpets uh, for this. God said, I want you to use those trumpets for the, uh, calling the assembly together and the journeying of the camps. So those trumpets were called in the Old Testament to call the assembly together, to bring us all together because we're going on a journey. And this trumpet's going to sound. It's saying, 
come up here, all the saints of God assembled together. And Paul said, hey, 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 the dead in Christ are going to rise first. In other words, you're worried, you're concerned about your loved ones that they're not going to make it. They're going to beat us. God's going to bring them with him. They're with him right now. And when they come, they're going to get their glorified body first. Verse 17, then we which are alive and remain. See, there again, Paul says we, thinking of himself might be on, in on this. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. Where at? In the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I don't know about you, but that comforts me. Now, let's talk about some things out of these verses. That word caught up, will be caught up, is a Greek word, harpazo. I don't know if that's how you say it or not, but that's how I say it. And it means this, a swift, a sudden, violent grab. In other words, like, like a thief in the night. Hallelujah. Like a thief in the night, it will be sudden, unexpected, without warning, God is going to come away. He's going to come. Jesus is coming. And he's going to snatch the earth's valuables, the true believers. On one, there's a day coming. It could be today that Jesus is going to come and grab us all out here, snatch us out. And all of a sudden, all the true believers are going to be gone. Woo! And the earth is going to realize how valuable we were. Just in a natural. Just think about it in a natural. Did you know that a lot, a lot of the leaders that, that, uh, of companies, a lot of companies, presidents and so forth, a lot of those have been believers. A lot of the technology was discovered by believers because true believers have integrity. Amen. And they're on the cutting edge because they hear from God. Amen. Amen. You know, I was reading this story about a guy. He's, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's in heaven now. But, uh, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his right, his last name right. Um, but uh, L.G. Laterno. Laterno. And I was reading, he was a heavy equipment builder. And, uh, but he told God, he said, I will give you 10% of everything. You bless my company, 10%. Not, 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 just talk, not just personally, but of his business. He said, I will give you 10% of everything that you, you, you bless me with. Then he went up to 20. Then he went up to 30. He finally got it to 90%. He was giving God 90% of his income and living off 10 and prosperous. But here's the thing about he was a God-fearing man. And they asked him, they said, can you build, and this is, this, this is years ago, they asked him, they, it's when they were building roads in Alaska. Uh, you, you know, when they, they were really developing some of the land. And they asked him, said, can you build a piece of equipment to help us do that? And he said, well, I don't know. I'll pray about it. <laughs> Isn't that something? I'll pray about it. He prayed about it. God gave him an idea. And he built, he, built, he had his, 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 his people build what some of you that understand heavy equipment, you'll understand uh, what's called a turnipool. It's an earth mover. Yeah. And uh, he built that. That, that came from L.G. Letourneau. Uh, and he built that. He said, but he said, the only thing was, he says, when we got ready to use it, he said, it wasn't working right. And they said, well, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. So he said, I went behind the piece of machinery and prayed in tongues. Hallelujah. Yeah. Prayed in the spirit. And he said, the Lord spoke to his heart and said, you got a bolt in the wrong place. He came out. This obviously didn't read his testimony. He said he came out and told the engineers, move that bolt. That's in the wrong spot. They did, and it worked fine. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's, all, there's stories like that. I mean, I mean, listen to that. Because let me tell you something. If you got a true believer, if you got a true believer working for you, you got a gem. I mean, if you got a Christian that's living it, living in the Word, you don't know what a, you don't know what a gem you got. Amen. I, I was reading years ago. Uh, uh, you know, Reader's Digest, you know, where I get all my sermons. And <laughs> that's a joke. I was reading years ago, Reader's Digest, and uh, actually I had, I had found some, and I don't know where I found them, but I found some that were real old that went back to World War II time. 
I still got those. I, I don't know where I found them, but I found them somewhere. And uh, but anyway, I was reading. I was reading that, and they were talking about training British commandos to go in and do sabotage, you know, in Germany. And uh, these guys were just brilliant. It was just amazing what they did and the things that they did. They would transform themselves into different people. I mean, just their speech and everything else and their thinking to go over there and do sabotage, live among them like they're one of them, and then of the nighttime go out and blow up bridges and ammunition. Yes, depots and so forth. They would do that. And uh, they just thought they were just normal citizens of that country, you know, where they were at. And they had one that, that, that they trained him to act like he was kind of a special needs person, mentally needed help. And he was working at a gas station. He's a brilliant guy. And he would talk with a, he talked, he, he practiced for months. He put rocks in his mouth so he could change his speech and be garbled talking like. And, you know, the, the Germans paid no attention to him. They just thought, you know, he just was somebody that had some problems, you know, issues. But he was going out and blowing up their stuff of the night, you know. But I love what this, this guy that trained these British commandos, here's what he said. He said, we like the religious type. The Christians, they have more staying power. Uh, well, that's because they know if they do die where they're going. And they know they're going to get promoted. And so they got some guts about them. Amen. Hallelujah. So when Jesus comes down and he grabs the Christians out of this earth, man, the earth is going to be in a mess because they're going to lose a vast resource of wisdom and wealth and strength when all the true believers are gone. Companies will fold, no doubt, because they lost believers. Because true Christians don't steal from the company. True Christians don't waste time. True Christians are honest. True Christians will tell you the truth. I heard a story. You know, true Christians got some common sense because they got it from the Bible and from going to church, hearing the word preached. I heard a story. This person was going to hire a driver to take him up into the mountains, high up into the mountains. And, you know, those roads are just right on the cliff's edge. And so this guy was interviewing different drivers that were going to get paid well for doing this job. And he, he interviewed the, the, the first driver. He said, well, how close do you think you can get to the cliff without getting in trouble? He said, oh, I get within two feet of it. He said, okay. He interviewed the next one. He said, how, how close do you think you could get to the edge of that cliff without going off? And the guy said, oh, I get within 12 inches of that and I'll go off. Okay. He asked the next guy, he said, how close do you think you can get to the edge of that cliff without going off? He said, I'm staying as far away from that edge as I can. The guy said, you're hired. Just think about it. There's coming a day when all of us believers, you, you talk about, you think we have jobs available now? Help wanted? Wait till we're gone. They're going to need a lot of help. <laughs> this is reality, folks. This is going to happen. So this word harpazo, it's, it's the word caught up. You know, it's used in the Bible other places. You know where the Bible talks about the, the spirit of the Lord caught uh, Philip away when he was baptizing the eunuch? Same word. Paul said, I was caught up. You remember? To heaven, heard things unspeakable. Same word. Where the Bible talks about Israel gave birth to the man child and it was caught up to heaven. Same thing. This is what this talks We're going to be caught up. We're going to be jerked out of here. It's going to be a sudden violent grab, just a seizure grabbing us and taking us out. Now, here's the interesting thing. There's another talk about, there's another scripture that talks about the Lord's return, His second coming. It's in Revelation 19, which we don't have time to look at today. But when you read it, it's totally different. He's not coming in the air to stay in the air. He's coming, the Bible says in, in Revelation 19, that He's going to come on a white horse and the armies of heaven are going to be with Him. We're going to be with Him. Right? Jude said it this way, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. This isn't this. This is coming to get the saints. So he's coming for the saints, but then he's coming with the saints. Two different things altogether. But during the battle of Armageddon, when all the armies, the Antichrist armies, have their sights trained on Jerusalem, and on Israel, and during that battle, during that battle, Jesus is going to come back 
That's going to be his second coming. When he comes to set up his kingdom, he is going to come back. We're coming with him, and he's going to destroy those armies, the Antichrist, and all of them with the sword of his mouth, with the word of God coming out of his mouth. Man, we're just going to watch. Because the Bible says we'll be dressed in white. We don't dress in white for war. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a sad thing that so much of the church doesn't even know this any longer. They don't even think about it. They're so caught up in how you can live your best life now. Well, God wants you to live your best life now. But brother and sister, let me tell you something. He wants us to know about his plan. It's a wonderful plan. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're part of it. Glory to God. Amen. So, let's look at one last scripture. Did you get anything today? Yes. How many can see clearly? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 4 is a rapture. Not very many of you. Maybe I'll preach it again. Because that was a question. How many of you answer questions? How many can say that's a rapture? Yes. Caught up's a rapture, right? I mean, you, you, you know, we, you may say, well, I don't like the word rapture. Well, use whatever you want to, but rapture is, a, rapture is just a good word. It's, it's a good description. It's, no, it's not a Bible word, but it is a good word. You know. But I want you to look at one last scripture, and let's go there to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want to say again, a lot of people believe different things about this. It's, it's, it's not believing the timing right that's going to get you in it. It's faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. No man comes to the Father but by me. So if you're going to get into the Father's kingdom, you're going to get up there to heaven, uh, you're going to get in one of His mansions, uh, it comes through Jesus. Not through believing in the right timing of the rapture. Because I have friends. I believe we're going through the tribulation. I just say, help yourself. I'm not going. If I get done next week, um, is anybody interested in this? Yeah. When I get done next week, when, you, when, we, when we just look at the tribulation, you're going to understand and realize exactly why the church can't be here. It's just not, it's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. So listen, um, no matter what you believe, the main thing is, is faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And living for Him, amen? You know, because like I said, I've got friends that they, they don't believe this way, you know, and all, and uh, we just don't talk about it. We don't argue about it. We don't talk about it. They want to ask a question, I'm happy to answer. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of dumb friends. We all do. <laughs> That's a joke. How many got dumb friends? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> all right. Now, look with me at... Remember, remember I told you about the, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Remember what I told you about the Thessalonians? They were very interested in the Lord's return. They'd ask Paul a bunch of questions about it. And obviously, they were so hungry that they were asking the wrong people. You know, you ever, you meet a young, some young believer and they just want information so bad and then you find out they're talking to this one and I'm thinking, oh brother, you need to be talking to that one. Because, you know, they're gullible. You're sort of like little kids, you know, they'll pick up anything. You know what I'm saying? They'll pick up, put it in their mouth. Spider, put it in their mouth. Right? I mean, they'll put a peanut in their mouth just as much as a spider. Doesn't matter. Just something. They'll check it out, taste it. Amen. Pastor Jerry's kind of that way still. But anyway, uh, I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. He, he, needs, he needs poked out a little bit today. Amen. Now, 2 Thessalonians. Look at this, verse, chapter 2, verse 1. Paul said, now we, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. What is that? That's the rapture. Him coming and we've been gathered to Him. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand or it has come. In other words, they had either... Paul said by letter, they'd evidently received letter, you know, uh, and word, spirit, telling them that when he talks about the day of Christ, he's talking about the second coming. Christ coming to set up his kingdom. They're shaken because they believe, they've been told, it's already come. 
And Paul said, don't be shaken. And he said, I beseech you by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together, I beseech you by the rapture. It hadn't happened yet because the rapture hadn't happened yet. And I beseech you by that. Listen, guys, I've told you about the rapture. We just read about it. I told you about that. He said, that hasn't happened yet. And now you're shaken in mind that the day of Christ is at hand, that Christ is set up to come to the earth. People have been telling Christ has already come to the earth. He's already set up his kingdom. And they're like, we're left out. We didn't know anything about it. Are we not included? And Paul said, listen, don't be shaken in your mind by that. That's, that, that, that you've been fed false information. And I beseech you. How many of you I'm saying? I beseech you by the rapture of the church. This hasn't happened. I told you about the rapture. It's got to happen first. Then he begins to talk about some other things that have to happen before Christ comes to set up his kingdom. He said, verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means. In other words, there have been people deceiving them, right? That, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. See, a departure. How I many know we're seeing that right now, that departure? That's happening. It's already begun. I mean, America's departing from the faith. So we're seeing that. He says, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's the Antichrist. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. A lot of teaching we're passing over here, but we need to, to get to our, uh, what we need to accomplish. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. I told you. And now you know what withholds that he, the Antichrist, might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. How many know the spirit of Antichrist is already working in the earth, right? Now this is what the King James says. I'll clear it up. It says, only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, you know, your modern translation, if you have a new King James, clears that up. It, it, only he who hinders will hinder until he's taken out of the way. So there's something that's in the earth that's hindering the Antichrist from coming forth. Now, let me ask you, who is the salt of the earth? We are, right? Right? What does salt do? It preserves. It keeps corruption in check. And Paul's saying, there's some, now I've read different things about this. You, could, you, you know, you can believe what you want. I'm just telling you what I believe, and I believe it's scriptural. I've heard people say, well, that was the Roman government. Are you kidding me? The Roman government holding the Antichrist back? I don't think so. And some people say, that's Paul's ministry. Well, Paul had a great ministry, but no. People say it's the Holy Spirit. No, I don't believe it's the Holy Spirit. Oh, uh, yes, in, listen to what I said. Yes, the Holy Spirit, but, but the Holy Spirit inside believers. The Holy Spirit filled believers. Because the Holy Spirit's not being taken off the earth. There are people be saved during the tribulation period. You can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. No man can come to Christ except the Spirit draw him. Right? He's the agent of the new birth. We're born again of the Spirit. We're born of the Spirit. So he's not being taken from the earth. He came in the day of Pentecost, and he's still here. Amen. Well, he was working here before that. You understand, but he came to indwell people. So what is it? Well, we could just read it like this. The mystery of iniquity hath already worked. Only he who now, the church, will hinder until the church is taken out of the way. Once the church is taken out of the way, then here he comes, the Antichrist. But here's the good news, guys. And when that wicked one will be revealed, the Lord shall consume with this, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. That devil's a loser. I said, he's a loser. Think about people. I'll close by this. Think about how discouraging this has to be to the devil. And I like to discourage the devil. You know when he hits you with something and you're still smiling? You're still confessing the word. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you don't let him see you shaking. I mean, you know, you get in a fight. How many of you guys have ever been in a fight? How many won every one you ever had? <laughs> you know, you hit a guy as hard as you can and he just looks at you. You know, we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't name the person, but, but the person I know very, very, very well. This was during our high school days. We had a, we had a high school guy. 
he was, a, I forget what grade he was in, but he was training to be a professional boxer. Actually, I think he became a professional boxer. I mean, he didn't win a title or anything, but just be able to get in that realm, you got to be pretty good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We watch quarterbacks on TV and we say they ain't any good. But if we saw them, if we played with them out on a church picnic, we'd go, whoa. <laughs> you know, when they're on TV, it's like, they're a lousy, they stink, they're no good. So get them on one of our church picnics and you'll change your mind. You go out for a pass and, you know, it's like 200 yards. Well, not 200. It's 40 yards in front of you, way beyond you. You can't catch it, you know. And so he decided to pick, he decided to pick a fight with this guy. He told me how it went. He said, I didn't have time to do anything. He said, well, that's discouraging. And the devil works on us. You know, he works to get us like, all messed up, our minds messed up, our bodies messed up, our lives messed up. We're on drugs, bound by alcohol, bound by perversion. And we go to a church service and in 30 seconds get born again and he loses everything. That's got to be discouraging. And that's the way this is, man. Satan's been setting this up for m- 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 millennial. And now he's got his man, his, his Messiah, if you would say. I don't like to really say it that way, but you know what I'm saying. His, 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 his leader. He's got him in place. And Jesus comes back and wipes him out with the words of his mouth. And we're with him. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God we win this thing all the way through. Amen. We're winners now. We're winners to come. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the rapture of the church. You say, well, I just don't know, Pastor. When it's going to happen, well, I don't either, but, but be ready. See, anybody tells you they know, mark them off they don't know. <clears throat> but Paul said we can know the seasons. That's what he said. And I think if you're spiritually discerning, you're not just caught up in life, you see the, the seasons. You know we're in the seasons. And we've been in the season for a long time, but we're, we're really wrapping this thing up. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.